Hi, I'm Paul Camillos. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin for Series 4 of Shooting the Breeze. We cover women's hoops and women in hoops. We talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. During this series we'll be covering the FIBA Women's World Cup where the 12 best teams of the planet are coming to Sydney. And of course, we'll be covering Australia's longest running women's professional sporting league, the WNBL, in its 43rd season. Hit that subscribe button, like and review so we can get more Hoops content to you. But obviously after my diagnosis and going through chemo and everything, it means a lot to spread awareness about it and for men and women, especially like the chances of getting it when we're so young. It's obviously a small percentage, but it could be you just like it was me. So I think it's important to spread that and for everyone to, you know, make sure they check. This week, the Sydney Flames team up with the McGrath Foundation for its inaugural pink round at the Key Centre this Friday, 24th of February, from 6.45pm. In a podcast first, teammates and dynamic guards Tiana Mungakahia and Vanessa Panousis come together to promote the Breast Cancer Initiative, but also share their moving and often hilarious anecdotes as friends. A life lesson that it's more than basketball. It's a heart-rending account of Tiana's personal journey with breast cancer while still at US College, made more profound with Vanessa sharing the impact for her in light of her own experience with the loss of her mother from cancer at a young age. It will touch you, but hope shines through. Tiana reminding women and men of all ages to stay vigilant and check regularly. There's a lot of joy and laughter with these two spirited friends. Their mutual support and love makes for an uplifting episode. Oh, and did I mention that Tiana is on the Opal's extended squad? There's a lot to unpack in this one. Enjoy. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. Today, it is a very special episode. We have two guests. We have Vanessa Panousis and Tiana Mungaka here from the Sydney Flames joining us here. And of course, as always, my co-host Jacinta Govind. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Let's just jump straight into it and talk about that John Kane game. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, it was actually. Yeah. Seven and a half thousand plus people came out to watch the game and a one point win. Yeah. You could feel the energy in the arena, that's for sure. So it was amazing for both of us. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, obviously upsetting and devastating for LJ to go down the way that she did. But I think for us as a team, I think we played really well for a whole four quarters, which I don't think we've seen this year yet. So it was really pleasing to see that we actually pulled together four quarters. So, yeah. yeah. And Tiana, you just absolutely on fire in that game, (laughs) right? Um, You know, there were just – so many different things that you did on the court where you're just slicing through the defense like during the game how are you feeling yeah I mean I feel like the reason why I yeah I feel like the reason why I played so good is just because my teammates and Shelly like really believed in me and I mean obviously it was tough to push through to the end because like a lot of us were exhausted but yeah I think because because they trusted in me and believed in me like it helped me all the way to the end of the game and people like when people have those types of performances like standout performances a common question is like what was going through your mind during the game knowing it was a close game but was there is there anything going on in your mind in that moment or are you just so focused that you you can't let any other thoughts interfere oh no like in the game I basically, well, what I'm thinking about, I don't know. I don't think we want to know what she's thinking about. (laughs) Anyway. Usually, like, usually I'm just, like, on defense. I could just get a stop. We need a stop. We need a stop. And then on offense, I'm like, okay, we need a score. We need a score. Like, that's really what I'm thinking, especially in crunch time at the end. It's like, okay, we need to attack them. They're on five team fouls. Like, 
and we need to be careful with our fouling. So just like things like that. Just- what she's really saying is, <laughs> get me the ball, we need to score, <laughs> which actually happened, and it actually helped us win. So, I mean, it worked. Maybe a little bit in that game. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, for me, one of the things that I really thought stood out at that game was the team really were firing together. Mm-hmm. Right, It wasn't just you know, putting together four quarters, it was also you guys just played like a real unit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a painful season. You've had mm-hmm. some really, you know, unfortunate losses. The performances haven't quite gelled, but it's coming together at the back end of the season. As players, how do you guys feel when the team plays like that? Um, I think a real emphasis for us the whole year has been our defence. So I think especially – Tiana, one of the best offenders in the league. I think our energy just comes oh, from thanks. our thanks, Ness. No worries. <laughs> um, I think I think our energy just comes from our defense. So I think when we all work together as a unit on defense, it allows us to score early transition points, which helps us later on in our offense. So yeah, I think everything comes from our defense, um, mm-hmm. and then just uniting together. I think obviously we knew it was going to be loud in there. It was like crazy atmosphere, like we said earlier. So just making sure that our huddles after every stop. Every time we we got a chance to huddle, we made sure that our communication was clear. We were communicating clear with Shelly. And, yeah, so I think that was a real emphasis for us in that game. Mm-hmm. And who's the one uh, that kind of steps up in these moments the most you feel like when, yeah, really tight game, huge crowd, like you were mentioning before, feeding off that crowd energy. And it was an away game, so um, mm-hmm. and the context of that game was was massive. But who's the one in those situations you feel stepping up in those huddles and able to communicate the best i think keely yeah yeah keely. i mean all season long she's been the mm-hmm. backbone of our team really so yeah I would and de- she's a really good keely. communicator too mm-hmm. like. she knows when to settle people down not mentioning <laughs> any names um but she also knows when we kind of need like a kick up the butt kind yeah. of thing so yeah. and, and, we, and we all respect her we all respect her enough to take her like constructive criticism yeah yeah and just for the listeners, uh, when Ness said not mentioning any names, she was pointing at Tiana. So <laughs> Ness isn't spilling any plain tea or anything like that. She's just taking a nice little dig at her best. Don't read too much into that, anyone. You came out of this with Player of the Week. You know, mm-hmm. how how was that? It's, I mean, just an amazing performance, but Player yeah. of the Week, how did that feel when you found out? Yeah. I mean, it feels, obviously, when you play well and, like, you get noticed, it feels really good because you just feel like the hard work is paying off a little bit. So it felt really good. But obviously, like, I would not be player of the week without my teammates. And I know, like, that game, we all mattered. And, you know, even Kira's defense was amazing. Ness came in, knocked down some threes. Jocelyn got fouled out. So other people stepped up. Emma had like seven rebounds. So I know like for me, like I wouldn't have gotten that without them. You mentioned Ness in this. One of the things that I've noticed is that Ness, you seem to be taking a real uh, anchoring role when you're on the court and you kind of steady things, you're directing traffic on the court. Mm -hmm. How do you find being in that role? Um, I actually enjoy it. I feel like a lot of my career I've kind of been that calm player in a sense. So, yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. And then obviously at the beginning of the season I knew that was going to be my role. Um, So I've tried to just embrace it. And then obviously being on other teams when maybe I am playing a few more minutes, I know that the player in the team that has that role is really important. Um, you know, they may not get the recognition, but their importance to the team is huge. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to embrace that role. Yeah, and it's something that you can't measure on a stat sheet either that is still really invaluable to a team and to a game. Um, mm-hmm. Is it something that has just come naturally to you, Ness, or is it something that you've kind of developed over time as a unstatable skill? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of come naturally, to be honest. For and foremost, I'm always trying to hype my teammates up. So, I mean, that's definitely a natural thing. Um, and then just trying to be the calm presence, say, when things aren't going our way, trying to pick the energy back up, trying to let everyone know, you know, we just need to stick to what we know and then things will get back on track. Um, yeah, so I think it has kind of come naturally and I've kind of been that way for most of my career, yeah. And Tiana, are you equally as hype when you get on the court or are you 
Um, it's too high. Yeah. Have Ness we, is, have we not noticed? This is the calm one. This is the calm one. She's like, woman, lock in, lock in. Like, calm down. Calm down, bro. Relax, relax. I'm like, bro, she just grabbed my whole arm. But so, yeah, we know that. And they don't care. So let's move on to the next position. No, it's a good, it's a good balance. You know, we need, we need that. <laughs> One last thing talking about this this JCA game before we kind of move on to other things. After the game, there were a lot of people who stayed and stayed so long that they actually had to throw everybody out of the arena. Two things with that. First of all, Sammy W was there, previous pod guest, for such an amazing game. And how did you guys find just all these people hanging around? What, What was going through your head when you sort of thought, Wow, they're hanging around. They're not leaving after this game. Yeah, I think for me, like coming back out, we had to go into the locker room and then coming back out and seeing so many people still there. um, It obviously, I think in my mind, shows like the basketball community is really caring and they actually care about what we produce on the court. And um, because it was such a great game to be a part of, I think that's why a lot of people stayed back and waited, you know, came and spoke to us ask for photos and stuff. So I think because of the game itself, that had a main impact on why people stayed back. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially the way that the women's game is growing, um, mm-hmm. the fan engagement. I think yeah. that's really important, especially like for little kids, young girls that are like watching the games, for them to be able to come and talk to us, have a chat, have some photos. I think it's really important to grow the game, especially mm-hmm. the women's game. Yeah. Yeah, some of the feedback I got over social media from one of our lovely listeners uh, who was also at the JCA game was how much um, the spectacle of, you know, having the biggest crowd in WNBL history attracted some fringe fans but also uh, kind of became a great situation to start conversations about like she was educating people about who the Sydney Flames are, who are the players to look out for, what's the goal of the team. So it was a great opportunity for some of the fringe fans to kind of sink their teeth into the league a little bit more too. Yeah, definitely, especially for us too, like meeting like different people after the game, like even if it's reporters or anyone really, just meeting them and seeing their face and talking. Because did you both grow up watching WNBL as well and admiring particular people and having that impact as kids? Um, I did watch, I'm not going to say I was crazy about watching it, but I definitely did watch some games. I didn't really watch it at all. Mm. I didn't really watch like WNBL. I watched like Seaball because like Spartans had a Seaball team. So I'd go every week, I'd go to the Seaball games. WNBL, not really. Mm. But even going to your Spartans games is equally as important because when we were growing up, we used to go to, oh, it, I think even before it was ABA. Was it ABA? Yeah, even before it was ABA and then Warrantah and then NBA one, but Warrantah, even before yeah, yeah. it was ABA, it was called like CBA or something ridiculous. Mm, yeah. uh, we used to go to just those games and just seeing our like homegrown talent play at yeah. that level, and you can see that pathway, so it makes it feel yeah. like it's a little bit more achievable. For sure, yeah. Let's move on, and we're going to take a, a slightly more serious turn here. The upcoming game is the breast cancer round. And, you know, obviously, Tiana, most people who are watching the WNBL know that you're a breast cancer survivor. What does this round mean to you? And, and, and why do you think it's important for the league to get behind something like this? Yeah, so I'd say it means so much to me. Um, I think before I was diagnosed with breast cancer, we did breast cancer games in college and I didn't really know like much about breast cancer so I would just think it was cool that we got to wear pink and um, that was basically it but obviously after my diagnosis and going through chemo and everything it means a lot to spread awareness about it and for men and women especially like the chances of getting it when we're so young it's obviously a small percentage but it could be you just like it was me so I think it's important to spread that and for everyone to, you know, make sure they check to make sure any lumps or anything, go to the doctors and get checkups um, because, yeah, it could be you. Ness, what's your perspective here watching a friend who's gone through that and how, how does that journey for you feel? Yeah, it was um, tough for sure. I actually still remember and we actually like, talk about a little bit where I was at the time when she called me telling me that she had breast cancer. 
Um, I was actually in Eltham playing off-season league. Oh, it was just NBL 1 then actually. And she had called me. I was at home and she was like, hey, um, I have something to tell you. And I was like, oh, here we go. What have you done? <laughs> and literally, yeah, literally. I was like, what have you done? And she's like, no. And I was like, what? And she was like, I have breast cancer. And I was like, you're lying. And she's like, no. And I literally felt numb. Like, I think I was like burning up. I felt not like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've had cancer in my family. So like I knew what I didn't know, but like I knew the steps that she had to go through now, especially with chemotherapy. And it actually broke my heart. I was like, I just didn't think that someone so close to me would be going through this like cancer again. So yeah, it was pretty, um, it was a bit of a shock, not going to lie. But yeah, it was, it was actually devastating, especially not, not being able to be close to her. She was on the other side of the world. And then just like getting updates, seeing photos of her videos. Mm. And it was just crazy. Like she'd lost all this weight and I'm like, is she going to get back to the person that she was? You know what I mean? Like you never know. Um, And we're blessed that she has. <laughs> and she's come on the other side even better. Yes, um, But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was really tough. It was really tough. I think especially because you were so young, Tiana, when you were mm-hmm. diagnosed with breast cancer, like you said, very rare to be diagnosed at that age. Yeah. Um, and for people that age, you know, with their friends or themselves going through something that uh, serious, it's hard to know how to handle it emotionally you don't want to do something or say something that's going to like you know cause offense or is going to make the person Mm -hmm. upset Um, it's really hard to navigate even if it's you know a death in the family or something really serious you don't come across that stuff to be prepared for it like enough so what would you say from each of your perspectives as a survivor and as someone you know supporting a friend going through it what are some of the best ways that you we can help you know support someone who's going through Mm -hmm. a cancer treatment Yeah, I would say like for me when I was going through it, I think it was really difficult with my friends because they were still going out and like I would try to go out with them, but I would get tired by like nine o'clock. And so I'd get ready and everything and then I'd just basically go to sleep. But yeah, I would say as a friend to just kind of like be there for them. Sometimes maybe like don't go out and stay in with them. Um, Obviously, I was at college still. So like it was a bit different than like now I'd say, but yeah, just to like be there for them and talk to them and make jokes. I mean, for me, like I made jokes about stuff like my bald head and like, <laughs> and like just like my little hairs growing back on my head, like with fluff. And I was like, so proud of the progress, <laughs> but um, yeah, just like to be there, talk to them, watch movies with them. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, obviously, because I was on the other side of the world, the only thing really that I could do was try and FaceTime, yeah. you know, send messages, just mm-hmm. just let her know that I was here if she ever needed a chat or if she was feeling down, lonely, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, just always knowing that we're there for her. I think that's a big, uh, an important thing as well. Because yeah. I feel like when you are that person, if you like, if you are sick, they don't want to be a burden on other people. Mm-hmm. So just making sure, letting them know you are not a burden. Like yeah. I'm here if you need anything. I think that's really important, yeah. And like also when you're going through something, like your emotions, like I know for me, like my emotions would like change all the time. Like I didn't really know how to feel because like I'd try to not think about it and just live my life normal and I'd be okay. But then like obviously you think about it again and like and then you've got to go back in for your next infusion. and then So I mean, for me, like throughout the whole process, like it was really um, roller coaster. Yeah, roller coaster, and like you're a little bit in denial of like what you're actually going through, until I feel like after everything, and then I look back and I'm just like, oh my goodness, like I cannot believe I got through that. Mm. But yeah, that's. I think it was really cool, also how T documented um, mm. the stages that she went through. I yeah. think that's really cool, especially mm. just like now she can go back on mm-hmm. and just see the progress that she's made. Yeah. And because um, I had a close friend who also uh, had breast cancer at a young age, who was only 31, but by mm-hmm. the 30s, you know, we've been through some stuff. I feel like when those situations come up, we should be able to navigate it a little bit better. Interestingly, mm-hmm. she found some of her close friends actually like stayed away rather than coming mm-hmm. closer when, at the times when she mm-hmm. best needed it, whether that was a self-protective thing for them or whatever. But um 
it's interesting that yourself, Tiana, and also my close friend, she they both documented your journeys on social. Mm-hmm. I know that she did it for kind of own accountability for her recovery. She was very determined to get well again. Yeah. Um, and I think she also did it as a point of awareness for other people about, you know, what, what her journey was like being diagnosed with breast cancer. Is that the what were the reasons for you of sharing your story online as well? Yeah, mainly for other people. I think I also didn't know how I would come out of it back with basketball, like if I would still ever be the same player as I was before. So I think like that was another reason because the whole way through it, I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to come back. I'm going to play and I'm going to get back to how I used to be. And so that's one of my main reasons for myself and for others to see, like you can literally get through anything and yeah, to help them kind of push through whatever their challenges are. Just for FYI, T was going through chemo and literally playing pickup. Yeah. At the same, I would like call her whatever. I was like, what are you about to do? She's like, I'm going to go play pickup. I'm like, what? You just had your treatment the other day. She's like, yeah, yeah no, I'm going to go. I'm like, she's yeah. a different, she's a different beast this one. Because that's what like made me feel like happy, yeah, you know, for sure, like yeah. when I didn't, I don't know, I guess I'd be in the room. Or, trying to live your life as normal Yeah, as I was trying to be as normal as possible. Yeah. And that's what I would usually do. I'd go play pickup at the park or like at the rec centre at Syracuse. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I'd do. Different type of beast. <laughs> Still raining threes as well in those pickup games? Obviously, <laughs> rolling dimes. <laughs> Breaking ankles. <laughs> so were you? So what were some of the other things that, some, you know, kind of anchored you to, like you said, do some of those more enjoyable things? Yeah, I think my family came with me. So my family was with me throughout every chemo session. So that was over four months and it was eight infusions. And because they were there with me, I had some time, like I went to New York City with my brother and his wife one weekend and then I went to see the Niagara Falls with them as well. So like I just kept doing different things And then I was still studying, like I was still in classes and stuff. So um, try to keep my life literally as normal as possible, which helped me. But I also feel like now, like I kind of didn't feel my emotions when I was actually going through it. I just tried to put it to the back and keep living normal where, yeah, now I look back and I'm just like, holy crap. (laughs) But yeah, just tried to be live life as normal as possible. Yeah, we got to meet some of your brothers at a Flames game and they told us that story. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, gosh. you were the photographer for the group. <laughs> I was. I was very happy to be the Sorry photographer. About that. <laughs> Caught some good moments of all of you guys together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they shared that story with us as well, how they went to visit you. They had, like, a roster every month of, like, yeah. um, coming to see you and being there with your treatments and things like that. Uh, was yeah. there any reason why you chose to have your treatment in the US and not come home? Yeah, I think my main reason was I wanted to continue playing after I was sick. And I felt like if I had come home, like I didn't want to get forgotten about because I could have come home, you know, gone through everything and then gone back and like maybe not had that same opportunity on the court as I would have if I stayed there. I mean, who knows what it would have been like. You don't really know. That was my main reason because I didn't want to get forgotten about and I still wanted to pursue my dreams of finishing college and then playing in the WNBA. And I felt like that was the best way to do that. And how much support did you get at Syracuse through this time? Yeah, I got so much support. I got letters almost every day. I got flowers. I got, especially when I had surgery, um, I had two surgeries. And so when I had those surgeries, I, you know, my coaching staff at Syracuse was there for me so much. They'd come and check on me, text me, call me all the time. And I had my two best friends there as well. So they were like amazing. I think my tutor was even visiting me, bringing me cakes and dinners and stuff. So the support was amazing. And I still have a box that's full of cards and letters from people in Syracuse, people from actually all over America who um, have been through breast cancer or that they're, they're just thinking of me. So it was actually really amazing, yeah. You've talked about Syracuse a little bit and one of the things that I've always found interesting, and it's it started off with Ness actually, 
was how you found when you first arrived in Syracuse, because it's a whole different mm-hmm. place to what you were used to, and it's it's a big change. Mm-hmm. And how did you find that? Um, so I went to junior college first in Kansas for two years. So it was a lot smaller. I was Kansas, so it was a country town. You had to drive an hour to get to the closest shopping center. Um, but when I got to Syracuse, I guess it's the, the coaches and your academic advisor and everyone make you feel so comfortable that you kind of, well, for me, I kind of just adapt to the environment. And so I think that helped that they were really welcoming, they were nice. It was a much bigger school and a lot of my teammates were from New York City or Chicago, so it was a lot different to Kansas, um, country girls. <laughs> it was different, but and the snow, it was freezing. Oh, there was so yeah. much. When you think back, you're just like, what? Seriously, um, how did I do it? <laughs> how did I live in that snow for four years? <laughs> um but, yeah, no, just adapting to the culture really <laughs> helped, I would say. And, Ness, were you at University of Virginia at the same time? Oh, no, 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 Virginia Tech. Don't get Virginia it mixed Tech. up. Oh, oh, I know it was one or the other and no, I no, went no. the wrong one. Yep. That was <laughs> well, Virginia yeah. Tech. You're good, you're good, you're good. I'll, I'll, forgive you. I'll be crucified <laughs> on socials for that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so I went to VT. And, actually, T could have come to VT as well. I could but have. When I was at junior college, I was in my senior year. Senior? Yes. Yes, senior year. Of Virginia Tech. At VT, yeah. So she had an uh, official visit at Syracuse, VT, and where else? I went to Mass- UMass. Oh, UMass as well. And NC State. Oh, and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State. Oklahoma. Yeah. So she had done like a few. <laughs> she had done a few, I think. And then she, like, Syracuse may have been like your third or second or something. Yeah. And then she had VT after Syracuse. Because Ness called me and she goes, T, come on a visit. Yeah, she, I hadn't seen her in how long. I don't even care if you're not, not going to come to the school just because it's a free visit. Yeah. The school pays for you to go visit and, like, I stay there for, like, two nights. So this really shows what, oh! she, what, what she felt. Yeah. <laughs> so she went to Syracuse, obviously loved it. And I was like, oh, so sweet. Okay, yeah, cool, happy for you. Anyway, when are you coming to VT for your visit? She goes, Ness, I just think I'm just going to commit. And I'm like, like, okay, can you just come on a visit first, then commit? It's not going to do any harm. She goes, nah, I'm just going to commit. And I was like, are you kidding? So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit salty that she didn't even come on a visit. (laughs) I should have now. But I I regret that. I I do. (laughs) So VT didn't even have a chance. Yeah, nah, no, not nah. after, not she after my, no, she fell in love with Syracuse. But it's okay because we beat VT four oh, years. That's what four I years <laughs> VT, so. this year, though. This year, hey, 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 talk about Syracuse. Talk about when I was there, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, VT, VT are really turning up this season. Yeah, they are. Syracuse who? Oh, what you mentioned Niagara Falls. Like Syracuse is closer to Canada than it is to New York City. Yeah. Right. What's it like up there? I mean, because most people think, you know, they hear New York. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like upstate New York. So there's a lot of lakes and there's a lot of trees. There's a lot of. Great description, Tiana. And there's like <laughs> wineries too. There's like some nice wineries that you could go to. I never went to them, but. I know some of my friends, like, families owned them, so it was really cool. But, yeah, I don't know how to explain Syracuse. I, oh, I guess most of the population in Syracuse comes from the university. So, yeah, it's like so it's like a college town. It's actually beautiful too. And the buildings are amazing. No, the, the buildings are amazing, yeah. They're from, they really like, nice. they're really old. Ancient times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Is Syracuse a really old university? Like, yeah. Like Harvard or something? Harvard's an old university, Let's right? about facts with Tiana. I think so. I think so. Mate, do you know anything about VT? Hokie Stone, that's what I know. We use Hokie Stone for all our buildings. Oh, what? Oh, okay, nice. Good job. <laughs> what, the only thing I remember from that is that Ness was saying, yeah, we landed at a plane and then we drove for hours through trees. Oh, my God, seriously. Oh my I remember God. the hour drive to campus. And it was literally farmland. I was like, where have I ended up for the next four years? Yeah. But then literally after a week I was there, I like 
loved every minute. Yeah. yeah Still to this day, we talk about, we're like, can we go back to college? Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to do similar visits to campuses, Ness, like uh, Tiana did? No. So I actually, I never went on a visit. So I was in year 12 and we had under 19s. So I had missed a lot of school already with like tours and all that stuff. And I wasn't the smartest kid in high school. So I'd already missed, I think, like two months of school. So I was like, I can't afford to miss any more school. Like I was already behind. So then when I was talking to VT, they were like, are you sure you don't want to come to visit? This has never been done before. Like it's unheard of. And I was like, I have no choice. Like I can't, I can't miss more school. They're like, okay. So I just literally just had to go from word of mouth and like ask people. Um, and Ozzy was already there. So I asked her and then... Damien Cotter was friends with our assistant coach and he was my N-Swiss coach. So then I obviously just spoke to him and like looked up a little bit online, but it was pretty much just asking people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was pretty crazy. That yeah. was like, that was the same as me um, with Kent, like my junior college. Like I didn't know anything about it except Kalani was basically like, T, you should go. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I went, <laughs> off I go. <laughs> Wow. So no big tours or anything. And did you have other offers other than VT, Ness, that you could compare? Yeah, so my top three were just VT, Washington State and Fordham. They were the top three that I had to choose from, yeah. Wow. So yeah. going on trust of others and yeah. seriously, I mean, like the best decision of my life in the end. But, um, yeah, it was pretty scary, like, going through it. Before leaving, I was, like, nervous and, like, am I, like, really excited? I'm not sure, like. It was just like a mixture of emotions. It was crazy. Yeah. I didn't know what to feel really. And I feel like for me, like with Kansas, like I didn't even know what the person was going to look like when they picked me up from the airport. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it's actually wild. Like yeah. I just literally just went there and I'm like, I actually have no idea what I'm, who I'm, yeah, looking, I'm looking for. All I was looking for was like, like something Virginia Tech. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then they'd be like, oh, Vanessa. I was like, yep, he. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the longest drive ever from the airport to where you're going because you have no idea where you're going, how long it's going to take to get there. I've never been on a farm. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. One of the questions I've got for you because we just recently spoke to a New Zealand player who went to a a college in the US and it was in in the Midwest and they had a rodeo team. So did did your. Kansas College have a rodeo no, team? We didn't, we didn't have a rodeo team, but the club an hour away, the closest club to our college was called Club Rodeo. And there was rodeo happening and in Tiana the club. was there every night no. on the rodeo. No, that was not. <laughs> but yeah, there was real bulls in the club. That was crazy. Like people riding. But really? obviously, in the- OHS. <laughs> no, but because like it's all like a caged and stuff. Like it's not like there's bulls just right. No, I know they're fake. I know, but like no, they're real bulls. Oh, real? But it's in a closed. Like, do you know what a rodeo is? Yeah, a real bull. Okay, that's not okay. okay. I thought it was like a. You know the ones that just like ride. That's no. what I thought. A oh, mechanical thinking, bull. Yeah, yeah she's thinking of urban cowboy. Because that's no, in um. It was actual. Bull. That's in a club in Australia. Oh, in Adelaide. The, um, Mate, I don't club. See, she, she goes no, out too much. She goes out too much. I walked past her to my right and there was a mechanical bull. <laughs> a mechanical bull. I don't a mechanical know. bull was following you, Ness, not the other way around. That's it, that's it, that's it. Sorry. But I think, Tiana, it sounds like more of a work health and safety issue oh, than having real bulls rather than mechanical, mechanical bull. Yeah, yeah. It was all caged. <laughs> That sounds cagey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ness, previously you said you kind of started to lose your passion for hoops for a while. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about it now? I'm feeling good. We were actually just talking about it before um, we hopped on here. And I was just saying, I was like, I'm enjoying it a lot. And I think it has to do with the people around me. So, yeah, so I'm back on track with um, enjoying the game, which I'm happy about. But, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the people around me and I'm grateful for them every day. And you've signed up for the inaugural Comets team. Yeah. In the NBL1. OG. OG club. OG club. <laughs> and Shelley's the coach, I believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are you looking forward to that? I'm really excited. Um, I think we're going to be a young group. So I think obviously the first few games going to be a bit figuring out what each other can do and all that stuff. 
But I think being a young group is exciting. Um, hopefully we're going to be young, athletic, up and down the court. You know, I think Shelly wants to play fast at a fast pace. So, yeah, I'm really excited, especially to meet some of the girls because I'm not going to lie, I don't think I've met everyone on the team yet. So, yeah, I'm really excited to start. And it actually starts in like three weeks, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be here quicker than we think. But, yeah, now I'm pumped, really excited. And what about you, T? You're playing for? I'm playing for Northside. Northside. In the, is it North League? That's it, mate. NBA One North. Conference, whatever. Oh, NBA One North. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I played with them for the last two seasons and we've actually got a really good team this year. We have Courtney Woods coming and Nadine Payne is already there and AJ Johnson is there too. So I'm really excited. We have a new coach, so it'll be interesting to see how we go, but we should be really good and I'm excited for it. I think I heard, is it the, correct me if I'm wrong, the Spartans coach is go, has moved to Northside. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dwight someone. Sorry. Bring <laughs> it out when you get there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Hey, mate, what's your name again? Yeah. Dwight, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> I've only spoken to him once. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I'm focused on WNBL right now. Oh, good yeah. answer. Ah. That's it, one game at a time, one game at a time. <laughs> So one of the questions that we've been talking about is how did you two meet? Oh, my gosh. We met in 14 Club Nationals. Well, we didn't. Did we know When we other? beat her. No, did we know each other then? <laughs> no, we were just knew each other. No, but I think we, like, met after the game and just, like, would talk but wasn't, like, close. And then we knew each other from the Australian Development Camps. No, from, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, that's when we were, like, 15. So it was yeah. probably, like, a year later. Yeah. But then, like, we knew of each other from those club championships, like the under-14s. Because Spartans and we Comets. played Comets. They played each other in Adelaide. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Oz camps. that's really where we became, like, literally the, the Oz camps are, like, a week. Yeah. They were and we just And we were tied at the hip. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> we much. We just clicked. And then we both made the Oz 17s mm-hmm. team and the Oz 19s. And because the under 17s, like that whole process goes for like two years. Mm-hmm. So we were together from like 15, 15 to 17, like because you know how they have the Australian Development Camps and then that goes right into the 17s program. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much from that. And then and then we'd play each other. Oh, yeah, for state. For state. So like every year. we played New South Wales and... I'm pretty sure we'd beat you every year except for the one year. Except for when the we won under eighteens. Yes, New South Wales Metro beat Queensland South, just for the record. In the grand in the gold, in the gold medal match. Love I that for us. Know, I don't know how that happened. It happened though. I think the refs were wearing a blues no, jersey. No. <laughs> She's wearing- a real good loser, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> She's a real good loser. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, so about it. Much, yeah. So pretty much from that and then, yeah, so we've known each other since we were like 14. Mm. That's crazy. And like we go, I feel like we'd go two years one time without talking. Literally. (laughs) Oh, sometimes I'd be like, oh, hello. Like I haven't spoken to you in like, yeah, over a year, easy. Yeah, maybe sometimes even two years. Like when I was at Juco my first year. I don't think I spoke to you. And she was at college for a long time. Mm. Probably three years. And then we saw each other. Oh, this was crazy. I was catching a flight to Juco. And she was, so I had to fly from Brisbane to Sydney. And, and then, then I was I'm, going back to VT. And I'm lining up to get on the plane and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's Ness. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We hadn't seen it. I think like, we hadn't seen each other in like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. So then our flights, we get to Dallas and both both of our flights are cancelled. Yeah, cancelled. And then I had a friend that was living in Dallas and she knew her because she played like, <laughs> she played in our state team for New South. And then her and her husband we're living in Dallas, so I hit her up. I was like, hey, can I stay at yours for, like, a night? Because, like, our, we had, like, 18 hours or something. Yeah, in Dallas. Yeah. So we both stayed there. It was the funniest 18 hours of it. Like, it was yeah. such a good time. And then and then after that, and then I came and visited T oh, yeah. um, 2019. Yeah, 2019 at Syracuse. So I visited her there for, like, a week. Um, but yeah, it's one of those friendships where, like, we literally could go two years, five years without maybe like maybe just little messages here and there, but yeah. without really talking and then when we link up or when we see it's each like other. We it's like we just spoke to each other the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think are like the best friendships, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy how like now we're in each other's pockets and it's like 
four years ago, we hadn't spoken to each other for like yeah, how long? And we could have never dreamt of playing together in the WBL, mm. I reckon, like because we're the same, same similar position. It's just and you just never know where you would be, like yeah, to be in like the same yeah, to be in the same team is like crazy. And I, I remember when um T had signed. And she oh, was like, yeah. are you thinking of playing? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, really. And she came I, to visit me in Brisbane. Yeah, after yeah, After I had just signed with the Flames. Yeah. And I was like, bro. And I was like, something could be in the works. Like, I'm not sure. And then it happened. And then here we are. <laughs> I was like, bro, come play with me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that 18 hours uh, in Dallas is a whole other secret podcast episode waiting to happen. <laughs> Oh it was like it was such it was, it was so, so random good. yeah it was like the most random thing and then actually i hadn't even seen my friend who demi. was there demi in a long time either so it was like i was just seeing everyone after like seven years <laughs> little reunion and any mechanical bulls in dallas <laughs> no no we just stayed at the um the apartments in dallas <laughs> <laughs> the flight got us <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned, you know, you guys play very similar position. How do you find that that works for you guys? Do you, do you like yeah. feed off each other yeah. at, at practice or does it get competitive? <laughs> or? Yeah, let's talk about practice. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Not no. at practice, but in the games, yes. No. So I think while we play it's because of juniors. Oz. Yeah. Like yeah. we started together for 17s and like we just help each other out. Like sometimes I'll bring the ball up, sometimes she would bring the ball up. Growing up, like Ness could shoot really well. She still we just, can, I think we just know, But like she still can. <laughs> but like, like that was like you were so good at shooting and I was like the I would always like pass to you. I think we just know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So like yeah. we look for each other's strengths and I think that's why it works so well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because like people think, oh, yeah, you guys play like similar positions. Is it awkward? I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> like, especially not at training when I'm trying to lock her up on defense. And she's fouling. She thinks I'm fouling. <laughs> she's like, you're so annoying, bro. <laughs> But it's right because I, I pull out a jersey all the yeah, time. Yeah, she fine. holds my jersey. It's fine. We give it to each other at practice. Yeah, we definitely do. We definitely do. I want to kind of move on to the, now that you've talked about practice and run. I'd like to talk about the team a bit. You know, I mean, look, it's no secret there's been a lot of changes going on in the team. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seems like the teams really come together really really well you seem to be working a lot like like i said before you seem to be working a lot more like a unit i don't know about you jacinta what do you think about how they've been playing together as a team oh just um going back to what you both said about your game at jca about how you're able to play four quarters but you're able to stick together and yeah i totally agree paul it definitely seems like your team concepts are coming together a lot better um, I feel like everyone is a lot more comfortable in their roles and being able to confidently contribute in that role. So, you know, seeing the likes of Emma Clark getting more minutes and being really good at getting on loose balls and getting rebounds and being open for threes and uh, Kira Rose emerging as one of the best defenders in the league. Um, I think if she keeps playing, she'll definitely be like one of the best defenders in the league but in a few years' time. But I think together as a team, like your team basketball is just a lot better and especially in the context of all the trials and tribulations your team has gone through this season. And when you are a team that where everyone's contributing and anyone can be the best on any given night, you're going to be a lot harder to beat rather than mm-hmm. um, kind of being same-same all the time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say, like, obviously this season wasn't what most of us expected um, with everything, losing sucks and it's hard and I think now we can see like when we're winning we play together we move the ball we hustle and um, I think that helps yeah I think obviously with everything going on we can't control that we try to let the people that are dealing with it deal with it and then um, we have to control what we can control so we have to control the controllables and I think that's what we've done really well especially Mm -hmm. in practices and then it's translated over to the games Again, Keely's done a great job at keeping the group together. So I think from the beginning, us as a whole unit, 
we were really close. Like yeah. we got along like a house on fire. Like it was crazy. Yeah. The chemistry, the connections that we all made. So I think that's really helped us play the basketball that we're playing right now. So you still got a few games left. How do you guys think you're going to go, particularly building on the momentum from the JCA game? I think we can beat all of the teams. Like, and I actually feel like we believe that we can too. Who do we? Oh, we have Boomers next. And last time we played Boomers, we were beating them by like 16 mm. in like the second quarter or something like that. So, you know, we know that we can do it and um, we just have to come out with aggression energy. and energy. Yeah. And again, put together four quarters. I think when we do that, we can beat any team on any given night. And we've shown it. Like we've showed that we can compete and we're in games with the top teams in this league. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we're just going to make sure that everyone's locked in from the beginning, yeah. um, obviously throughout those four quarters, mm-hmm. and then making sure that we're finishing on a high, like you said, Paul. We have four games left, so, yeah, we're just going to give it our all now. And we have nothing to lose, Yeah, basically. Like these other teams, like they're in finals or they're top ladders, whatever. So we have nothing to lose except to prove to people watching that we're capable of being one of those teams and mm-hmm. like showing them like we should be up there. You know, so I think, yeah, going into it, just wanting to prove others Mm. what we can do. Because you've definitely had a lot of games where, like you said, you've been in the lead, but then there's just, honestly, in some games, it's just been a period of a minute and a half to two minutes where something Mm. happens and the other team kind of catches up and then it's not a lead you can get back. What do you feel like is happening in that short one and a half, two minutes where is it just a mental lapse? Is it a... A couple of circumstances of where, like, you're tired or someone didn't, you know, communicate properly. What What is happening in those moments? Because sometimes I watch it and I honestly don't have an explanation. It's like, what happened? Yeah, I think sometimes we don't either. But I think some of the times, though, we're maybe too worried about the last play. Mm-hmm. Like, we get taught at a young age, you got to look to the next play. Don't worry about what just happened. And I think sometimes we got caught on that too many times in a row. And then that obviously accumulated and it led to a two, three minute drought for us. But yeah, obviously that comes with experience as well. We're a young group. Um, so hopefully this year we can learn from that yeah. and then take those lessons mm-hmm. into the next seasons. Yeah, I think there's been a couple of games that I remember. The thing that really f- made things fall apart for you was the ball just wouldn't drop. You know, it was it was neck and neck. You'd mm-hmm. be taking the shots and there was this stretch where they just didn't drop for whatever mm. reason, which let the opposition catch up. How do you kind of get your mojo back after going through a short run like that where it just isn't working? Yeah, I'd say it comes on the defensive mm. end because if we're missing, it's okay. But just we got to lock up in defense and not let them score. So as much as we're missing, we got to get the ball back um, and just defensively really put pressure on them. And Yeah, and again, you can control that intensity, that effort that you put mm-hmm. on defense, hustling for those one percenters, diving on those balls, making sure everyone is boxing out, you know what I mean? So, yeah, again, I think defense is where, especially for us as a group, that's where we get our energy from, mm-hmm. the defensive end. So if we're not if we're not making shots, we've got to make sure that our defense is on point. Yeah. And then that's going to help us lead into transition baskets, easy baskets, and then mm-hmm. let our offense flow out of that. How have you guys found – the fans and the fan engagement this mm. season. And, you know, I mean, fans kind of get deflated when when the team's not winning. But to me, from all the games that I've seen, the fan base seems to be there and, and seems to be supporting the team pretty much all the way. I think, obviously, the two games where we had the most crowds, like LJ was there, so that, like, helped so much. And they were both, like, really good games, which then people want to come and watch more. But even prior to that, I think they see our work and I think they see like how much we give and that helps them want to come back. I know like we do camps as well. We do a lot of camps with the kids and stuff. So there's a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I saw you at the camp, you know, and like they've come. I think that helps as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, just really like being engaged with them. After games, we like go over to them, talk to them, sign stuff. So it all helps. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, extended Opal squad. Tiana, you, you're a strong contender. Yeah. And I think that performance at the JCA game has certainly, you know, helped boost your, your chances. 
how do you feel about that potential? And when you look at <laughs> like the extended Opal squad, mm-hmm. how do you feel about being rated in with a group like that? Yeah, it's like such an awesome honour to be a part of that squad. And it obviously, like I said earlier, like the recognition of hard work, it shows like it's paying off. I also feel like I just going into the camp, you know, I just need to focus on myself and like what I need to do to make sure that I'm prepared when I get there. So when I get there, like in my mind, like I know I've worked the past after the season ends, like I got a month, about a month, a little less, three weeks before camp. So I know my preparation um, when I get there mentally I'll be prepared and I can believe in myself because I think when you prepare for something like you have more belief and faith and hope that you will make it or you will get there and you'll dominate or um, you'll show them like what you can really do so I think for me like I just really need to prepare and focus on like the things that I need to work on. Have they given you any feedback yet of what to prepare for the next camp? Like, hey, we really like how you do X, Y, Z, you know, try and work on this part of your game before you get there? Um, Not so much like that. They've told us, like, we have physical testing on the first day and they tell us, like, what they're testing. And they send – they'll send – some workouts for my strength trainer here so that he can see like what I need to do to be ready for those tests. But yeah, that's about not so much about basketball. It hasn't been much talk about that, but mainly just, I know after last camp I went to, which was like maybe like two, oh wait. Yeah. Like two, three years ago. Um, the last camp that I went to, like Sandy told me like, I need to get a more consistent shot, which I did. You know, I feel like that's something I've worked on now, but I would, yeah, not leading up to this camp, I haven't really heard any feedback. Now, physical testing for me going into any camp, I didn't make an Australian camp like both of you. <laughs> but as soon as you even said physical testing, <laughs> I felt it viscerally. Like, <laughs> like I already became anxious. Did you ever feel the same going into your Aussie camps going, all right, day one, physical testing. And when I still hear the do 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 like I just yeah, shut up. Oh my God, don't like we had that preseason for flames oh, we had to every do time that. and the night before I can like barely sleep I hate it so you both and still it, get this nervous reaction as well when they say physical testing I definitely do. yeah 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 no that's so that's comforting to know that professional <laughs> the same way you just into oh god I used to psych myself out the beat test seriously yeah yeah I wish I could uh just get it out of my brain like just mm-hmm. I, don't want, I don't want a memory of it yeah I know <laughs> one of the things that that's kind of really been interesting when we've been talking about having you both on is whenever we say oh yeah you know we're having Ness and Tiana on at the same time we always get this reaction from people it's like you're gonna do what <laughs> <laughs> Really? Why is that? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Why do we get this reaction? Maybe it's from our TikTok. Maybe because we're really loud and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and do you really want to talk to those two together for an hour? Shut up. <laughs> we'll take up all the talking space. Seriously. <laughs> so, what do you guys like to do well, when you're away from the court? Well, that's Me loving. loving. No, she loved you love to go to the beach. Yeah, the beach. I literally can just lie at the beach for hours. But Tiana always I, wants to be doing something. No, I like to go to the beach too, but like sometimes I'll get over it a little bit. But she's always on the go. She wants to I'm just like, can we just chill at home? No, no you're not a grandma. Can you I, get out of the house? No, I'm like that too. But sometimes I'm a homebody. I'm a homebody. Sometimes I just feel like, you know, we're both single. Oh, we're both single. We, we can leave the house. We might meet someone. You never know. And anyway, but, so Tiana's learned that city nightlife is not how she yeah. thinks it is. And it's a waste of time. It's, so at least we've learned that. It's, it's taken to, six months, but it's yeah, fine. It's better to just stay home. <laughs> what was your expectation of Sydney nightlife before you? I, yeah, I thought it would be like. Like the Gold Coast? Or No, like even Brisbane nightlife is fun. Yeah, no, Sydney's not. Like it. it's just, I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older though. I'm just like, maybe we need to go to a library and we'll meet someone. <laughs> I never thought I would hear the word library out of Tiana's mouth. <laughs> Maybe we need to go to like a coffee shop. Oh, I'm down for that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the nightlife's not it's it. Just... Mm-hmm. 
disappointing it sounds like yeah Mm. a little bit we may need to just go back to america for a few months (laughs) maybe some clubs up over there (laughs) you might have to take up some kind of like new hobby maybe and that can be a vehicle for meeting someone you know like some kind of like dance class or actually we were thinking of that yeah something creative if you want to creative type Yeah. yeah Sounds like a good idea. Actually, let's note it down. Thanks, Jacinta. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not saying it's gonna work, but <laughs> we need all the help we can get. <laughs> or thinking of strengths-based strategy, maybe in your off season, you could just go down to the local court, play some pickup, and school some dudes. Yeah, I know, because I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that line. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Oh, play one on a no in the bin. <laughs> thank you. Mm. In the bin with the beat to <laughs> red flag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask a very unscripted question, which we always do, and and you each getting a different question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, Tiana, I'm going to ask you. <clears throat> yeah. If you're going to be a superhero, mm-hmm. who would it be? Hmm, superhero, who would it be? I think, wait, so like Spider-Man? Yeah, that would. Yeah. <laughs> I was making sure it didn't have to be a female. No, that's like, fine. Uh, am I supposed to pick a female? But no, yeah, Spider-Man. Like I, I love Spider-Man. Like I love it. So. So what would be the best thing about being Spider-Man? You can just like go anywhere and You're swing. And then you could like spy on people. I mean, you could do a lot of things as any of them. But yeah, just love Spider Man. Do you like the more recent Spider Man movies with Tom Holland, or do you like the older ones with like Andrew Garfield or Toby McGuire? Yeah, I like the older ones because that's what I watched growing up. I, I'm not really a Marvel like yeah, fan. At all. At Wonder all. Woman. I've seen Wonder Woman and I really liked. That. I think I've seen any of them. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not into yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I okay. think Wonder Woman's DC. So yeah, well, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, same thing, a, same superhero yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a really interesting point. So Ness, why haven't you seen any of these movies? I, like uh, the only ones growing up that I literally saw was Spider Man and Superman. That's it. Like I Batman? Yeah, like that's Batman? those, those are, yeah, Batman? Batman or yeah. But that's it. Like I am not into the Marvel movies at all. Yeah, no. Give me a good drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a Ginny and George. Oh, love that. Give me a um, Blacklist. Or like The Notebook. Criminal Minds. Yeah, that's what I mean too. Not The Notebook. <laughs> lover, this lover child over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've just never been, yeah, never really been a fan. I mean, like, not that I haven't been a fan. I haven't really even watched them to begin with, so mm. haven't given them a go. It's a little so, bit more crime, espionage. Kind yeah, of drama. Drama. Sad yeah. movies, love a good cry. Oh, mm-hmm. I love a good movie that you can cry. Yeah, same. Um, but, yeah. So then if you could be any movie character, Ness, oh, who I would you be? Liam Neeson. Oh, really? Taken, yes. Really? Yes. You'd be that character from Taken. Love him. That is yes. so random. Yes. I would yeah. not have thought that. I love him. No. What the heck? <laughs> Ew. No. Nah. Good luck. <laughs> Oh my! Have you seen gosh. it? Yeah, it's so seen good, it. so good. Good yeah. luck, that's hilarious. Yeah, I would choose. Yeah. You know, I would choose Sandra Bullock. Oh, she's a she's a badass. Yeah, mm. she's a boss. Or Julia Roberts. Nah, Sandra Bullock's better. Mm. Mm. Any particular Sandra Bullock role? Salt. That's the, not- the one where she's on the train on the bus. What's that one? No, that's um- speed. Speed, speed, speed. Yeah, I knew it was an S. Speed, speed. <laughs> speed, that's crazy. That's a crazy movie. Like obviously, like The Blind Side. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like she's so caring. Oh, Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. They're funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Julia Roberts off. Um. Oh my gosh, no! It's off. It's a. It's actually a bad. Well, for kids, it's not good. If it's not PG rated, we can't. Say no, it. when she goes. <laughs> And she falls in love with an older rich man. Oh, is it Pretty Woman? Pretty Woman. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's an old school one. How did I forget about that? Mm. Yeah, Pretty Woman. But just that, that line, big mistake. Huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay, so apart from all of this, what else 
you guys, you know, okay, we've, we've talked about, you know, the beach and the poor state of Sydney's nightlife. <laughs> right? What else do you guys get up to? to keep yourselves entertained. No, you're always with your family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So She's always over. She's I'm like always, the adopted child yeah, in our family now. Basically. Yeah. Like when Ness goes to her auntie's house or her grandma's, like, always come over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a homebody, fan body. Yeah. We go eat. Oh, yeah, we'll go get food. Coffee. Yeah. Found any oh, good places? Up in the morning sometimes when I'm too lazy to drive because she passes. Every our, day nearly. She passes our apartments and, like, Probably like 10 minutes before I'm like, do I want to drive? No. I, I know the time when I'm about to get yes. the message from Tiana. Um, so would you like to suit me? Yeah, sure. Wait, come pick me up. So. Yeah, I don't know. We just had chill. We really didn't get yeah. up to too much. When we haven't seen each other for like two days, we're like, oh, my gosh. Two days? What do you mean? It's like 12 hours. I'm like, what have you been doing? <laughs> Because, Tiana, what do you kind of like to busy yourself with? It It sounds like we were talking about your on-court personas earlier, how Ness is really chill and anchoring and, Tiana, sometimes you might need some reining in. But it sounds like off-court it's pretty similar. Like are you someone that likes to be busy all the time, Tiana? Um, I wouldn't say busy like I want to have things to do all day, but as in like if I have spare time, like in my spare time, like, I'll see what she's doing. I could probably chill for like an hour. And she's then just I, learning on and she's then, learning on enjoying her own company. No, actually, <laughs> I love her. I love my own space. Don't get don't get that mixed up. I love being alone sometimes. But, <laughs> what are you doing? It's all right, Tiana. You've been alone for half an hour. You can go longer. It's what? all right. Oh my gosh. Now you're making it seem like I don't know how to be alone. I love but being I alone. She can, she can, she can. She can. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. But yeah, nah. That is pretty much what it's like on the court as well. Pretty like doing stuff. Ness is pretty calm, chill. She's the poise. Um, calm I'm the mother on the court, and I'm, I'm the like, of the, yeah, um, of the relationship. She's the mother, and, and she's I'm the, child. the no. I what did what did we say before? We're dumb and dumb. We say we're dumb no, and dumb. Over there, remember? I was like, what are we talking about? Remember? I was like. You're the mother, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm the fun one, and she's the boring one." Oh yeah, like, and like then- the fun parent. She's the fun parent. I'm the boring parent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So I know you guys have sort of talked about wanting to do stuff together. You know, outside of basketball. Oh yeah. What sort of things have you guys got in mind? Well, we just went on a little trip to Cairns. Yeah, um, that was so good. But yeah, we were thinking. This has been a whole season of thinking about this and I we know. haven't done much about it. I know. We were thinking of doing a clothing brand and then also about probably like three months ago, yeah, we were like, how about we we might do a podcast? But then we were like, I don't know if people think that we're annoying <laughs> and we listen to us. And that's when we saw you, Paul, and Mary, and we told you guys, you're like, oh, my God, that would be awesome. But then, yeah. We need. We definitely need like a mediator. If we do a podcast, we need someone to like tell us to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> to keep us in line. Yeah, and to control how much we're talking. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, those two things have definitely been on our mind of starting up. Yeah. Haven't done much about it, but we've yeah. been thinking about it and brainstorming some ideas. Yeah, I think the cl- uh, the podcast is probably a given of in terms of content and flow and format, which would be yeah. sounds like it'd be pretty loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very loose. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it would be about like life. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not going to be about like, anything like basketball. It's just going to be like life stuff, random. Yeah, yeah. I, off, don't know, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. No, we have. No, we definitely have some names. <laughs> we do have some names, actually. Oh no, not for the podcast. For okay. the clothing. Oh, for the clothing. Yeah. The clothing. So, what kind of aesthetic can we expect from this clothing line? It's yeah. streetwear. Yep, good. T is going to bring the um the <laughs> text. I've got the style. Ness has the style. I have the style. So, and T will do like the photos. She can do the photos. She can do the technology stuff. I'm bad with social media, so she can do all that. Um, I can try. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, we, we actually have good ideas for the clothing. Yeah. It's just like us starting it, it up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would be a good opportunity to get it off the ground because you know how much I do like how the flames, I mean, some people might not like it, but I like how the flames do the photo shoot of your 
<laughs> everyone's outfits getting to the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that stuff. So yeah. big potential for you to start wearing your own. I know. Those walk-in moments. Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely be, yeah, been on the radar for like probably six, eight oh months now. Gosh, maybe even almost. <laughs> nearly a year. It's nearly a year. So we just need to get onto it. Yeah. Ness is the boss. I'm just the. She's just here for the loss. I'm the assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for your time. It's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. And really looking forward to the breast cancer round and seeing you guys at the game. And obviously there's a whole lot of things that you've got planned coming up as well, which will be really interesting to keep an eye on. And and I don't know, I'd love to have you both back again because yeah, it's been so you. much that was fun. Awesome. So thanks for good. having us. The breast cancer game is on the twenty-fourth of Feb. So we want to see everyone in pink. 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 Come support. Absolutely, and we want to see as big a turnout as possible. Mm. For sure. Yes. Because have you officially partnered with the McGrath Foundation as well for this round? Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. Fantastic. Mm. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having us on. We'll we'll speak with you soon. Sounds good. Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.